Welcome to the first podcast of Inside JMS, the stories behind the people who work at the Hank Greenspun School of Journalism and Media Studies. We have Ayashada here, Dr. Ayashada, who has just joined us this year. She actually comes to us from the University of Miami, where she just finished her PhD in communication. Hey, welcome. Thank you so much. I am. It's my pleasure actually to be here and it's my pleasure to be on this podcast. <laughs> Joining me on this podcast as part of our team and my uh, partner in crime is Dave <laughs> Norris, Dr. Dave Norris, who actually is an assistant professor of residence in residence here at the Hank Greenspun School. Dave, Thanks for joining us. I'm telling you, we're making some podcast history over here. I'm happy to be here, <laughs> Kevin. Aya, really glad that we can lead this podcast off with you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> well, Aya, we, we kind of know a little bit about your background. We know you came here from, uh, you're originally from Egypt mm -hmm. and grew up in Cairo. Yes. Tell me a little bit about uh, your early years, but how did you get interested? Did you know then that you wanted to be that you wanted to be in communication? I didn't know, but I remember like my mom and uh, would tell me, I remember when I was a little girl, I would take like my brush and start to pretend that I'm making a newscast and making interviews with people and talking to the people. And she would tell me like, I think one day you're going to have to do something with mass communication. And I was so young at the time, I didn't know if this is going to be a reality or not. And and then, yes, eventually I joined like the faculty of uh, the School of Mass Communication. I was able to study more about like communication. And I remember this story now and I laugh. So apparently, yeah, you have something inside you uh, as, as you grow up. Now, both your parents were college professors. Did you kind of yes. know early on that you wanted to become a college professor? Um, kind of, yes. I kind of, it kind of runs in the blood. Um, I remember I used to like help them. And I remember my father when he was like, uh, great, uh, any kind of like projects or assignments. And he was always like, never touch those, which gave me like, this this kind of um, a job it meant like so much and the fact that it gives my father this attention that he takes cares of of these simple assignment it always made me curious what is so special about being a teacher and how he raised me to be not only a good student but always to be a good teacher and always to respect your teachers and always to appreciate the effort that your teachers do so I grew up in an environment that really respects a college professor and the efforts that they actually invest into teaching the students uh, uh, as, as I grow up yeah and tell us a little bit about why why mass communications as a profession right you had that hairbrush in your hand yes <laughs> when you're a young girl but yeah. then there's a lot of time that mm. separates that young girl from mm. when you went to university what what drove you especially as you got older uh, believe it or not, it's because I explored like other fields. I went into science, I went to chemistry, I went to biology, like I interested in mathematics. And sometimes when you explore other things, you tend to find who you are because you kind of excluded that. But when you're always curious, what if I actually studied more in chemistry? What if I studied that? But because I experienced all of this, it made me feel like, no, I wanted to pursue communication. And, and particularly when I started with strategic communication, I felt in love with it because I felt like I really wanted to know more about like how people like make the messages, how people they can actually think strategically, get the insights, get to know the people, interview. I was always listened to these interviews that people make on the see on the TV. And I really like how they can extract the stories behind them, how they can extract the main messages behind them. And it flows easily and smoothly and how you can build and connect to each other. I always like to socialize with other people. I was always like to share my toys with like with my friends. I didn't I, I was a very social person 
person growing up. You use the word story, which I which I really like. So tell me, what is it about storytelling that you find powerful? Um. Oh wow. I feel like um like if you tell a story. And you kept speaking for like 13 minutes, people will listen to you. But if you just start with like messages that's more informative, probably you're going to last for one minute or two. So if you want people to listen to you, to really uh, touch their hearts, to really um, 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 shape their brains or open like their horizons to new ideas and uh, and new angles towards how they see life or their school or their uh, the efforts or the work that they do, you need to tell the story. Well, I know that you did several internships mm-hmm. and different aspects of storytelling. So tell us about that. Yes. So when I joined um, mass communication in the beginning, I wanted uh, to learn more. So I just delved deep. I had internship in newspapers and TV channels. I also worked as an internship in a bank, in an advertising agency, because I wanted to see this comparison between the theoretical life and the real life. Will will I really like it or not? And um, I really saw myself uh, more in like strategic communication because I like the fact that you... Um, get to know the insights, get to know the people, and then you can develop the messages that really can influence them. Not just commercially, but even social-wise. If you want to run like a social campaign or want to make social change in people's lives, you need to really get to know them and then strategically set the message for that. Well, did you have a professor that made a difference? Yes. Actually, I had like this one professor. I remember he has his own agency and um, he was one of the advertising guru back home. And um, um, he was very... Um, um, he always thought was this passion. He really loved, and it was very contagious. Passions can be very contagious sometimes. And um, I, I mean, he believed in me, and he pushed me. He would like encourage me. So I really looked up to him. And I remembered at this time when I when I was a student. If I'm going to be a professor one day, I hope that I can inspire my own students into the choices that they make and give them this encouragement that they need to actually grow in their own field. So. I want to l- learn a little bit more about Aya, mm-hmm. not the college professor right now. Mm-hmm. Take a step back. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about, you know, who who are you when you're outside of the classroom? Who are you when you're not studying a particular topic that's fascinating? What do you like to do for fun? Tell us a little bit about you. Okay. So, I'm um I'm a daughter and I'm a sister. And I'm a good friend, so uh, I have a good relationship with um, uh, my mother, and uh, so I always like to call her and check on her. She lives in Egypt, and make sure that uh, she's well. Um, she's my friend, basically. And um, so, basically, uh, when I moved here to the U.S. to study for my PhD, so I have like my my brother is in Germany, so he's in Europe. My mom is in Egypt and Africa. My friend, she's in uh, Emirates in Asia. So literally, every people I love is like across all the whole world. So I'd like to. Keep in touch with them but when i have like some uh free time i like to cook okay and i also i'm a very good handyman believe it or not like Ooh. i like to put things together even like i said like i make like tables i make like my closet everything i i really like to work with my hands and um i like to design jewelry accessories so I, I went to this store that make like beads and I was like, I'm coming here again. I know exactly what I need to make. So I like to work with my hands. I feel like um, when you do something with your own hand and you see the product of it, it makes me feel happy. And I was when I was young, I used to do like accessories for me. And now I feel like I want to get back to that. 
Oh, how yeah. fascinating is this? All right, well, yeah. I know who to call if we need something fixed <laughs> yes. down here. Or built. Or built, right? Yeah. <laughs> so is there a particular childhood experience or memory that you have that you feel made a big impact on who you are today? Hmm. Hmm. That's a very interesting question. Um, I guess it's just my relationship with my father, my, my late father. Um, he was a professor, but he taught me like not just um, how to be a good person, how to be a good citizen, how to be, um, how to respect uh, a lot of people. So I, I feel like um, I'm always trying to be um, not just like look up to him and be like him. But I remember that um, many, many aspects. I remember when I was a young girl, I had this teacher and she was like, she was not very nice to me. And I was like very sad. And I went to him and I remember his words is like, because I wanted like to go and tell her that like, I don't like it. And he said, no, this is your teacher. Respect her. She's older than you. But if you, something bothers you, come to me and I'll know what to do. And okay, I'll give it to you. What are you going to do? And yes, he came to my school. I don't know what happens. But ever since, this school teacher has been very nice to me. And then I learned, yes, you have to respect your teacher, even if they bother you, even anything to you. So um, he always set like a good example that even when you face struggles or hardship, go for advice. It's not bad. Sometimes you seek advice. But also um, have this um, uh, personality as you develop and as you grow that once you understand there is like an age difference, there is like respect difference that you need to maintain and have. And ever since growing up, I had amazing relationship with my teachers. I remember in my break, instead of go and have fun in my break or eat my sandwich, I would go like to the teacher's room and I would like speak with my teacher. That was like the fun part to me. And it's like my teacher, go have fun. It's like, no, I sometimes enjoy that. So, but that's not all the time. I had like great childhood. I still like go out with my friends and everything. But I always enjoyed like having these talks with people who are like older than me. I think it shaped who I am and, and, um, and I really like it. And now when I see some of my old teacher, they're not surprised that I became a teacher myself. So, um, so yeah. I think so. Fantastic. Well, Aya, at a key time in your life, mm. when I, you were, I think it was just before you went to graduate school, mm. one of the big events in Egypt was mm. the Arab Spring. Yes, absolutely. Tell me about how that impacted you and may have impacted your education as well. It impacted me uh, dramatically because I just finished my bachelor and I wanted to pursue my master's. And at the time we had um, this master program that was just initiated because of the Arab Spring between a joint partnership between the School of Drones and Media Studies as well as the School of Public Policy. And basically because we saw the power of the media and how it can influence people and shape lives. So why don't we they make this joint program? And I remember I was the first cohort to join this program. And even though my interest was basically in strategic communication, but I felt this is exactly, this is strategic communication. How to use the media to influence the uh, policymakers, the advocates, the, the public to actually make a difference, to actually advocate for social change. And ever since I tried, it, it ties back that when you speak of communication, when you speak of the media, you're speaking about really some powerful and persuasive effects. If you can only use them to make a difference in people's lives, that would be like a tremendous thing. And I remember I also, um, I joined the revolution and I didn't tell my parents. So I went there and 
I saw this discrepancy between like what I see on the TV at the time or what they wanted to show us and between what was really happening. And I was able to convey this message to all my family. So the next time, they actually all came with me and they saw the difference themselves. And ever since, I feel like the media can have powerful effect, but also we can shape the media the way media can shape us. You joined the revolution. I joined the revolution. Wow, that should be your... I'm a rebel. <laughs> uh, I love it. You're built to be here at UNLV. Yes. That's fantastic. Now that you are here at UNLV, what are some of your goals? What would you like to do now that you're fully on the faculty? And we should say that Aya worked for the School of Journalism for the previous year, mm -hmm. but this is your first year in your role as Assistant Professor of Digital Media. Yes. So now I'm more focused and interested in using digital media in more strategic way and to tell like stories. And I'm focused more on like helping students grow, find their passion, and um, supporting them in every possible sense that I can really do. Even the way that I try to design my syllabus, even though like it's the same class, but no, what else can I bring to this class? What kind of maybe examples or guest lectures uh, who can come? So it's not just an issue of like teaching, but how can I inspire them? How can I make a difference? And how can I help them? And this is like teaching wise, this is what I hope. It's just not, it's not just a regular class. I hope that they um, have something that they can actually use and learn in their lives. What do you get most excited to teach? Out of all the topics in mass communication, strategic communication, PR, what, mm. what really... You just can't wait to share this passion with your students. Um, surprisingly, I really enjoyed teaching crisis communication. Maybe because we've been living in the pandemic and that was like a long crisis for a long time. But I felt like um, I've also been like in, in Miami for like four years. I've been through hurricanes. I have to go like um, in a shelter. I had to. So it like sometimes you grow from the crisis more than you grow from the just like any positive experience like negative experience teach you more than any positive experience that you can have but only if you listen to it only if you know how to grow uh, from it so crisis communication not only it's a put perspective from an organizational perspective how but it also teach you something personally how to use this crisis to grow how to learn something from it so it has kind of maybe a personal aspect to it so maybe that's why crisis communication well and also you look at a certain aspect really interesting area of communication in terms of your dissertation and the research you do mm -hmm. tell us about that yes so my dissertation was about like transmedia edutainment which is based on transmedia storytelling so we all know like it's like harry potter or um, um lord of the rings they had the book they had the movie they had the website they had the comics they had the games so they create this, what they call a story world. So it's not just, it's one regular story. It's the extension of these stories without any repetition, creating this one world in which you invest and you get transported as soon as you read or listen or watch or play or uh, um, invest in any sort of sense. So I was really interested in this sort of narratives and stories and what kind of influence it can have, especially in terms of social change. So in this came the topic of transmedia edutainment, embedding educational message in entertainment narrative so that people can learn something. And my topic was focused more on sustainable development. And sustainability has been a key issue like nowadays we've been speaking about we've seen like drastic impacts from the environment we're living in Vegas one of the most sustainable cities or there's a lot of efforts on sustainability that they're doing here so it's becoming a hot topic about and the generation Z now are more invested into um, um, environmental practices and how can we protect the environment 
as so that our grandchildren, not just our children, can enjoy the same life that we had and the same blessings that we have every day. So I wanted to study the impact of that. And I found like very interesting results when you used story worlds and multi-platform communication to actually communicate your message to different audience that tailors to their different preferences, different tastes that they have. And um, the most striking or interesting results is that Sometimes when you have this repeated message um, over different platforms, it tends to be more persuasive and it conveys the message across in a more better sense than when you just listen from um, um, one video, for example, or you just play a game. So the more frequent uh, uh, the messages across different platform, the more persuasive and it helps to send the message across. That's pretty cool. So. Yeah. Now, moving forward, you know, I'm sure you'll mine your dissertation for research papers and everything else. Yes. But uh, where do you see your research going moving forward? So um, I have an interest in digital media, especially like uh, speaking of virtual reality or augmented reality and the metaverse discussions that we have right now. Um, a lot of people are being invested into this and I want to explore this further in research and what impact it can have on us personally or the society or the community where we live, as well as maybe organizational wise, how they can actually use that. Um, I think that's a, be of a great interest and great discussions in the coming years. Great. Tell me about some of the, let me rephrase that. What would you say your biggest win so far has been professionally? What what has gotten you, obviously you're here at UNLV, so that should be your, <laughs> your first yes. answer. Yes, big, big, yes. Big, I, big yeah. win, but mm. you feel professionally, was it writing your dissertation, defending? I would love to hear from you. What's your biggest win and kind of how do you leverage that win to kind of take you to what Kevin was just talking about, mm. you know, that next stage of your career professionally? Mm-hmm. I think... One of the things that actually gave me a lot of confidence being a pandemic graduate, not just a graduate. Um, um, the pandemic, a lot of people had to postpone their school and their studies because of the uh, the pandemic. But the fact that I was able to finish it and I faced so many struggles. I had to write my proposal like six times. I had to change my case study. I had to change my theory. I had to find ways to do it like online to recruit people for safety purposes. And the fact that I was able to finish, I was only like, it was me and one of my my friend, only two on all my cohorts were able to graduate. So, and I have, I remember when I did it, sometimes I just look back because there was what one point at the time where I felt it's never going to end. It's never going to happen. But now that it actually happened and I did manage to graduate in time, I look back and every time when I feel like frustrated or disappointment, I remind myself, you were able to do it. I was on my own. Uh, uh, it was like hard times, um, but I was able to succeed. I have, even have this shirt that says I am a pandemic like graduate and I'm very proud and happy. And even a global pandemic did not stop me from pursuing my dream. So why should you stop now? So every time I have like this challenge or struggle I tell myself keep doing what you're doing you love what you do and just remember why did you start this and it gave me the strength to keep going forward having that resilience I think is key mm -hmm. so many of the students here at UNLV are mm -hmm. working another job mm -hmm. maybe two jobs going mm -hmm. to school supporting mm -hmm. people maybe it's their their first generation college student mm -hmm. um, so being able to share that resilience which is needed mm -hmm. whether it's for your undergraduate or just finishing that dissertation on the sixth try yeah. but we're going to get there yeah. i mean that's that's an incredible story yeah well if there was one thing that we probably haven't talked to you about and asked you mm -hmm. that you feel like students and even parents 
and your fellow faculty members should know about you, what would it be? Like a fun fact? Yeah, Something it could be like, any a fun fact. Uh, yeah, or besides being like, a lot of people don't see me as a handyman, especially like I'm all like petite, but um, I like live shows and, and concerts. Like I like things that's more like in person. I like opera. I like to go to the uh, Cairo Opera House all the time and not just listen to opera but like to music to dances um um i feel like i love the idea of being transported into this world if you're telling a story through a dance or telling a story through music you listen i like this feeling of being immersed into what you do uh i find that like um quite interesting well that's wonderful you know what Aya? thank you so much i think we've got a great beginning to our i guess that's redundant to say inaugural broadcast and beginning at the same time but we are we are so grateful that you would make the time to to chat with us and um, we look forward to getting to know you even better in the coming semester yes thank you so much for having me here i'm looking forward to hear more about like other podcasts from other faculty 